Blog Talk Radio. This program is for mature audiences only. Please have your fake ID ready. The following program is brought to you in living color. People all going somewhere. All with their own thoughts, their own ideas, all with their own personality. Ever since I was a child... All I've ever wanted to be was a journalist, to write stories, to be on the radio, to be an observer of the human condition. Throughout my professional life in radio, newspapers, and as a writer with the federal government, I've been true to the journalistic ethic of telling the truth, of being accurate, of trying to tell both sides of the story. But I've learned there are people who don't want their story told. In fact, they will do anything to keep you from telling their story. Individually, they are weak, small people who hide in the dark. But when they form a pack, they become dangerous not just to the individual trying to tell their story, but to the very concept of a free press. They want their side of the story told, not the full story. And when a strong, honest, progressive voice comes along, one who captures the ears of honest people, it frightens them. It makes them crazy. Pull the string. Dance to that which one is created for. They will do whatever they have to do by whatever means necessary to silence that voice, either through legal means or other means. The only thing necessary for evil to succeed is if good people do nothing. I choose to do something. I will stand in the face of this wolf pack of right-wing lunatics until I am either silenced by legal means or until they kill me. They will need to find either some way to throw me in jail for telling the truth, or else there will be. Blood on the microphone. Well, here we are. It, hang on, I haven't turned your mic on yet. I'm turning it on now. There you are. Well, hello. I'm going to turn down my monitor here so we don't get that echo effect. Uh, matter of fact, here's what I'm going to do while we're talking. I'm just going to plug in these headphones and get them out of the way so we're not hearing the echo. If you know what I mean. <laughs> sounds, like you're, uh, sounds like you have tuberculosis over there. It's been a busy... No. I'm just dropping stuff all over the place there. It's been a busy news day. Um, much going on. 
Uh, matter of fact, about 20, this is why we're late getting started today. About uh, 20 minutes before airtime, we got this late breaking news that Jared Kushner, the president's son-in-law, and one of his senior advisors come under, I should say, has come under FBI scrutiny in the Russian investigation, according to multiple U.S. officials telling NBC News. Investigators believe Kushner has significant information relevant to the inquiry. Uh, that doesn't mean they suspect him of a crime, but uh, doesn't mean they intend to charge him either. The FBI scrutiny of Kushner places the Bureau's sprawling counterintelligence and criminal investigation not only on the doorstep of the White House, but on the cusp of the Trump family circle. Remember that uh, comic strip, The Family Circle? Oh, never mind. The Washington Post first reported last week that a senior White House official close to Trump was a person of interest, but didn't name the person. The term person of interest has no real legal meaning. And before we go any further, I suppose I should say I'm Bill Preston Schmalfeld. And I am Diane Preston Schmalfeld. And this is Blood on the Microphone for Thursday, May 25th, 2017. And we've got much to talk about today. Uh, in other news, it, uh, could it be that Republicans are so embarrassed by the doomed American Health Care Act that they resort to assaulting reporters rather than answering legitimate questions? If this jerk in Montana wins tonight's special election, will other Republicans adopt violent tactics to keep from answering questions they don't like? Lady Di and I will examine this vision of a dystopian world to come. In other news, Theresa May gives Trump a bare butt spanking for his big mouth leaking of info about the Manchester bombing. Sean Hannity slowly dissolves into a puddle of viscous goo. He really wasn't that far from that anyway, though, was he, Di? Uh, definitely not. <laughs> well, let's find out what's going on in the rest of the world, uh, stuff we haven't mentioned yet, through the auspices of the Feature Story News Service. From Feature Story News in Washington, I'm Rebecca Foster. U.S. President Donald Trump is pressing his NATO counterparts to increase defense spending as the leaders meet at a summit in Brussels. Mr. Trump wants each country of the alliance to spend 2% of their annual GDP, as has been agreed in the past. I have been very, very direct with Secretary Stoltenberg and members of the alliance in saying that NATO members must finally contribute their fair share and meet their financial obligations. He said the current situation is unfair to the U.S. But 23 of the 28 member nations are still not paying what they should be paying and what they are supposed to be paying for their defense. This is not fair to the people and taxpayers of the United States. The U.S. Pentagon has confirmed that over 100 Iraqi civilians were killed in an American airstrike in Mosul in March. The U.S. was targeting two Islamic State snipers, but dozens of civilians in the same building as them were caught up in an explosion. Nina Maria Potts reports from Washington. U.S. Central Command was trying to hit the snipers with precision-guided munition. 
after a request from Iraqi County Terrorism Services. But their strike ended up triggering explosives ISIS militants had hidden in the building. The ensuing explosion caused the building to collapse, killing civilians on the lower floors. The U.S. has confirmed 105 civilians were killed as a result of the strike, although eyewitnesses place the number even higher. The Pentagon expressed condolences to the victims but defended the strike, saying U.S. forces could not have known civilians were in the building. Nina Maria Potts, Washington. U.S. President Donald Trump has asked the Department of Justice to launch an investigation into ongoing intelligence leaks. Recent leaks of information from the investigation into the Manchester bombing has prompted U.K. authorities to halt intelligence sharing with the U.S. on the case. Our U.S. correspondent Daniel Wrenches reports. In a statement, President Trump called the leaks deeply troubling and said the culprits behind them should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. He also reassured his commitment to the special relationship between the U.S. and U.K. after British Prime Minister Theresa May said she'd raised the issue with the U.S. Key pieces of information in the ongoing Manchester investigation have been leaked to the U.S. media by U.S. sources, including the name of the attacker and a picture of the bomb used. Both the U.K. government and the victims' families have expressed their anger that loose lips within the U.S. intelligence community allowed this to happen. Daniel Wrenches, Washington. For more on the day's top stories, you can follow us on Twitter. From Bureaus Worldwide, this is FSN. Iran claims it has finished building a third underground ballistic missile factory. The announcement is expected to draw ire from the U.S. and Sunni Gulf states already concerned about Tehran's threat to regional and international security. Li Lingtan has more. Claims by Iran's Republican Guards Airspace Division that it has built a third underground missile production facility came as U.S. President Donald Trump wrapped up his first visit to the Middle East. Trump has been a strong critic of Iran and has called Tehran a sponsor of militancy and a threat to the region. The U.S. says Iran's missile program violates international law and earlier this year slapped new sanctions on the country after international nuclear-related sanctions were lifted under a landmark deal for Iran to curb its nuclear program. But Tehran claims its missile program is designed to only carry conventional warheads. And a nonpartisan agency says 23 million Americans would lose coverage under a new Republican health care plan. U.S. President Donald Trump has vowed to repeal and replace Barack Obama's Affordable Care Act, known as Obamacare. FSN's Giles Gibson has the details. Republican lawmakers were criticized for pressing ahead with health care reform before analysis from the Congressional Budget Office had been prepared. And these new numbers now predict millions more Americans would be living without coverage under the legislation. But the office also say U.S. federal deficits will drop by almost $120 billion between 2017 and 2026 if the new plan is implemented. The American Health Care Act has already been passed in the U.S. House of Representatives but still needs to be adapted and approved by the Senate before President Trump can sign it into law. And that's the latest from Feature Story News. Rebecca Foster reporting. Blood on the microphone. And once again, you've got Bill Preston Schmalfeld here. And Diane Preston Schmalfeld. And uh, she just got herself a cup of coffee. Um, 
Over here, directly to my right, getting ready uh, at some point when I'm not looking to jump up on my table, knock over my microphone, and make as much racket as humanly or catly possible is Onyx the Bald Pussy you've read about at uh, truthatory.wordpress.com. She has many things to say about many things. <laughs> Our phone number, if you'd like to take part in the show today, is 917-889-3806. Or you can feel free to send us a tweet, if you care to, at truthatory. That's T-R-U-T-H-A-T-O-R-Y. That's at Truthatory. So, last night, the special election to fill the vacant seat in the U.S. Congress from Montana took an interesting turn. Oh, you mean where uh, Republican candidate uh, Greg Tianforte already signed the report? Uh, yeah, that, that's the one. That's the one we're talking about. To the CBO score, because you know you were waiting to make your decision about healthcare until you saw the bill and it just came out. And what yeah, you and we'll about talk it. to you about that later. Yeah, but there's not going to be time. I'm just curious if you okay, have the Speak right with now. Shane, please. But you know, sick and tired of you guys. The last time you came in here, you did the same thing. Get the hell out of here. Get the hell out of here. The last guy did the same thing. You were the guardian. Yes, and you just broke my glasses. You the last guy did the same damn thing. You just body slammed me and broke my glasses. Get the hell out of here. If you'd like me to get the hell out of here, I'd also like to call the police. Can I get you guys' names? Hey, you gotta leave. He just body slammed me. You gotta leave. Everyone was in sort of this long room, and there were, you know, little office, smaller rooms off the side. Um, there was a camera crew set up in one of those rooms. John Forte walked in there. Um, ben sort of walked in to listen in and then all of a sudden there was a huge crash like very audible everyone heard it um and saw Ben's feet kind of like come up the way someone does when they're getting knocked over um and then we all heard I believe it was John it sounded a lot like John Forte <laughs> sounded like him when I've heard him before yelling um you can hear it on Ben's audio but basically get the hell out um Ben walked out that he looked at me and said he, he was carrying his broken glasses you know the, the earpiece had come off on one of them and he said he just body slammed me and then a campaign aide came over and said you need to leave i've spent a lot of time reporting on capitol hill a lot of time asking politicians questions about health care and it's uh and it's uh, never never ended in uh in any sort of altercation uh, you know covering politics for better part of half a decade uh you know covering the the presidential campaign it was unexpected and surreal. Well, naturally, the GOP quickly condemned Gian for his brutal behavior. The guy charged with second-degree assault, right? <laughs> Not so much. Some Republicans seem to think the whole thing is a joke. And that's the report election press. All right, Garrett, thank you so much for that. Meantime, Mike Vaccara is on Capitol Hill where he's been talking to members. What are they telling you, Vic? 
Uh, Chris, it's interesting. We're down here in the catacombs of the U.S. Capitol, deep under the House floor. You can see behind me, uh, members are streaming out of a closed-door meeting. What was it about? It was about the budget. What are we asking about? We're asking about the incident in Montana. A lot of these Republican members don't want to talk about it. Uh, those that did talk about it don't condone the violence, but express some measure of sympathy uh, for Mr. Gianforte because of what they termed the liberal media. You know, we didn't have a course on body slamming when I, I went to school. I missed that course. I, I'm sorry I missed it. The left has precipitated this tense, confrontational um, approach throughout the country in recent months. Uh, I reject any kind of uh, uh, thing where we use physical violence in a situation like that. It should not have happened and the law will have to be the ultimate arbiter. I uh, believe that we should all treat the, the press with respect, and uh, I try to lead by example. I, of course, hope that the Republican is successful today because I think that his views are the views of the people of Montana. Peter King of New York said, hey, this is nothing. I'm from uh, Long Island. This happens all the time. All joking aside, however, Chris, uh, this is a state that President Trump by, like, won by 20 and a half points. Uh, the idea that this could be a close race, uh, an at-large race representing all of Montana, a deep red state, definitely has Republicans worried. They were worried before this incident. They're more worried now. Mike Zakara on Capitol Hill, thanks so much. I want to bring in our panel, former... Well, the panel can't make it. Uh, Morning Joe, however, blames this whole spirit of violent right-wing conduct on President Trump. I don't know where to start. Let me help you, you out. You got this jackass out. Well, you got this jackass <laughs> in Montana, right? You got this jackass in Montana. I'm on a roll, okay? I'm Let sorry. me be in my computer state for a little ahead. while. Wow. <laughs> no, we're just going to sit back. Sit back. You got the jackass in Montana. He's asked a question about the Congressional Budget Office, and he loses it. And, and like he's charged with assault. You got the CBO score that comes out, 23 million people uh, kicked off of the Obamacare rolls. Uh, you, you've got Comey uh, apparently being duped by the FBI. You've got, you've got our intel agencies going after, uh, during the campaign, uh, tracking down sources that are making contacts with the Trump campaign. Again, another absolutely crazy busy day. We'll start again with what happened last night in Montana's special congressional election. Ben Jacobs is a reporter for The Guardian, and he approached Republican congressional candidate Greg Gianforte to ask him a question about the CBO score of the Republican health care bill. What could go wrong? Well, Jacobs <laughs> says that Gianforte then body slammed him and broke his glasses. This is a candidate on the eve of his election acting like a lunatic. And I think that, you know, and I, I've watched, I saw Joe's tweets last night, and, and, and I think just this animalistic behavior out of our politicians, that they've become, you know, it's, it's like, I, I don't want to reveal too much about my viewing habits, but it's something you see on Reno 911. I mean, it's just like a lunatic pulled over for swerving around and acting belligerent at a traffic stop. It's not the way anyone should expect someone who wants to represent their constituents. Exactly. And not question either. No, and, and, and anyone that thinks it's, it's unfair or too early to draw a direct line between Donald Trump calling reporters enemies of the state and people beating up a, a working journalist is ridiculous. And, and I think the fact that you have a Fox crew bearing witness is just beautiful, exquisite irony, um, sort of defending the account of The Guardian. Um, I, I think it's time for all journalists to sort of stand together. And, and I think that it's... it's it, 
that the, the White House thinks these are separate or isolated incidents that they that they don't think they've created a climate where something like like this could happen is an unsustainable position. What well, is an unsustainable position? And Mark Halperin, I've had some people uh, this morning already say, well, you know, text me and say, well, how can you even try to connect this in any way with Donald Trump's behavior over the past year? It's very easy. I, you you see somebody that's elected president of the United States that called the press enemies of the people several times, including in front of CPAC, uh, who uh, repeatedly verbally abused reporters, uh, recklessly and irresponsibly in large arenas calling out people's name, recklessly and irresponsibly tweeting specific attacks about those journalists, uh, and, and again, generally having a thuggish behavior and having people going out to the media yelling at them, even in the press corps. What do we expect? This guy already had a brush with the media before where he seemed to be threatening a reporter uh, a couple of months back when somebody said, hey, what, what do we do about the press? How can we stop the press? And there was one person in the press there, he pointed at him and he said in a menacing way, well, there's more of us than there are of him. Basically, we've got him outnumbered. Uh, it, this. To suggest, I mean, if you were a conservative, if you're a Trump supporter, and you're suggesting that the thuggish behavior from the President of the United States does not have an impact on people who are trying to emulate him, then you are clueless as to how politics work. You can blame it on Barack Obama's tan suit if you want to, <laughs> but there is a straight line to this sort of thuggish behavior. And if Trump wants to disprove me, wants to prove me wrong, then call this guy out say he's a punk, he should go to jail, and he should never be seated in Congress. There's no doubt that the Republican Party is going to have to answer for this, including the leader of the Republican Party, whose rhetoric and behavior towards freedom of the press and journalists has created an environment where this kind of thing not only is echoed, but has appeal for a lot of supporters of uh, in the conservative movement. This kind of thing has appeal. Even what this, Congre this congressional candidate did, unfortunately, will have appeal for some people who don't like the press. I will say, just as a matter of sheer political reality, it's probably better for the Republican Party if he loses today. Because if he wins, yeah. they're all going to have to answer for it. They're all going to be asked about it. He will come to Washington as a symbol of not just disrespect towards the media, but out of control, violent behavior, disrespectful of and, and, and dangerous, and, 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 not, and not paying proper, proper heed to the importance of First Amendment in our society. So he may win. He'll probably yeah. win, but they're better off if he loses. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and this, this Trump thuggishness, he will, he will represent the thuggishness of Donald Trump towards the press, the thuggishness of Donald Trump toward the First Amendment, the thuggishness of Donald Trump towards courts, the thuggishness of Donald Trump John Heilman towards anyone who dares to challenge his ultimate authority. I agree with Mark. I, I don't think that's something that this Republican Party wants anything, uh, wants to be any part of. And please, again, for conservatives, or not you're not conservative if you support this sort of behavior, for Trumpists that are out there right now saying, oh, you, you can't connect this with Donald Trump's abuse of the media over the past year and a half. Please, that's just a joke. This sort of stuff didn't happen when George H.W. Bush was president of the United States. You didn't have Republicans beating up 
members of the press. Thanks for checking out MSNBC on YouTube and make sure you subscribe to stay up to date on the day's biggest stories and you can click on any of the videos around us to watch more for Morning Joe and MSNBC. Thanks so much for watching. Well, you can't really say you're watching because it's radio, you know, it's blog talk radio, blood on the microphone with Bill Preston Schmalfeld. And Diane Preston Schmalfeld. You know, it's uh, hard for me to get too excited about anything Joe Scarborough says about Trump, given how he was attached like a lamprey to Trump's ass before the election. If Gian Forte wins tonight... We may be seeing a lot more of this sort of affair. And we can only hope. When Blood on the Microphone continues, how are things going for the president on his trip overseas? We'll find out when we continue. Oh, excuse me. No. I'm sorry? I'm sure you are. What? I said I'm sure you are sorry, but I can't excuse you. Pardon me? Oh, that would be an entirely different matter. What? There are some very good hearing aid companies in this town. I have no idea what you're talking about. Ah, dementia. Uh, we have doctors for that as well. Are you out of your mind? You're the one with all the questions, girly. All I did was burp and say excuse me. And I said no. Are you being an asshole on purpose? Well, it is my job, but I can see you're bewildered, so let me explain. Under the new American Health Care Act, sudden eruptions of bodily gas are no longer automatically excused. You need to fill out a form. I have one right here. What's this? A form. I just told you. A form? For what? To apply for an excuse from the Department of Annoyances and Rude Sounds. I burped. And now I have to fill out a form? Of course not. Then what the hell is this thing? You have to fill out the form if you want to be excused. Merely fill out the highlighted spaces, name, age, weight, marital status, social security number, and which orifice the offending sound emanated from. Sign the form, bring it back to the desk, I'll submit it to the state office in Columbia, which will check it over before sending it along to the home office in Washington. If all goes well, you should have your official certificate of excusement in six to eight weeks. Here's a clipboard and a pen. Have a seat over there, bring the form back up with you when you're done, along with your $25 filing fee. This is nuts! What if I decide I don't need to be excused? Entirely up to you, but your refusal goes into your permanent record. What? Permanent record? Dim girl, your permanent record in Washington. Pardon me? Mm, that's a different form and a different fee. Much more complex, much more expensive, but it covers you for a year. I don't think so. Well, it's all right here in the manual. I'm getting out of here. It's your permanent record. This country is going to hell. That's what we're here for. Next. We've known of it for ages that for grief there are five stages. Denial is the first one that you go through. And anger laced with rage is the normal second stage. I didn't know who I should send that rage to. I'm not mad at my sweetie, it was not her choice to leave me. She did the things that she was told she should do. Didn't die just to destroy me or to pester or annoy me. It's not the sort of thing she'd ever do. I'm not mad at Obama or the Pope or Dalai Lama. 
and I'm only slightly pissed off at the Lord. The doctors did their best with little drama, I'll attest, as they gave the finest care we could afford. With all that anger swelling in my gut, it sat there welling. I had to vent that pressure just the same. Although he may despise me, still he didn't witterize me. And though I know he doesn't bear the blame. Two, three, four. God bless old Hoggy is what I say. He took all my anger and sucked it away. Forget my old and weird with some poop flakes in his beard. He sucks all my anger just feel like I'm waking her up from a nap every time I (laughs) (laughs) take a little snoozy over there. Uh, If you'd like to take part in this show, we do have a live call-in line. It's 917-889-3806. And if you happen to be listening right now, 
at uh, 7.32 p.m. Eastern Time on May 25th, uh, 2017. You can take part in the show. Of course, the show is available on demand once we post it online at Breitbart Unmasked. And you really should check out that website, BreitbartUnmasked.com. It's all one word, B-R-E-I-T-B-A-R-T, Unmasked.com. And if you hear any meowing in the background, that's Onyx, the bald pussy, trying to take part in the show. How are you doing over there, Di? I'm fine. I was just advertising a little bit while we were on break. Oh, so you're spreading the word about the show? Yep. And uh, have you learned about eating Hamburger Helper before trying to sing? Yes, I have. Okay, we'll explain that coming up later. But guess who is not happy about not getting to meet the Pope? Well, I'm going to say Press Secretary Sean Spicer. Bingo! CNN is reporting Spicy is fuming after getting left out of President Donald Trump's Vatican delegation on Wednesday. Uh, CNN's political director, David Chalian, I guess that's how it's pronounced, told New Day earlier this morning that it's very clear relations have soured between the president and his chief spokesman, and sources traveling with the White House entourage say Spicer is having a hissy in the wake of this snub. The question of Trump's trust is now uh, for his fellow global leaders to discuss. Yes, I mean, look, that, that you're right. They are two completely separate things. What he did in the Oval Office, where he divulged information, did not follow protocol for declassifying information, that's one thing, and certainly Israel can have an issue with that or other world leaders. But in terms of President Trump already doesn't trust the media. So how is yeah, it? But that I don't think that's the issue. But if Theresa May wants him to crack down That's not the on issue. the media... The issue is Theresa May is going to say, control your intel, people. They're leaking information we're giving them to your media. Tell them to stop. That's Unless what it came from the say. British intel people. That, I mean, guys, Donald Trump controlling his intel people does not seem that's to what be the issue is. some of his top skills right now, obviously. Right. And this is all part of the fallout of going to war with the but intel But that's community. the issue. She's not going to say control your media. She's going to say control your intel, intel assets. Uh, let me ask you something about Sean Spicer. How big a deal is this? Is it true that he's upset about not meeting the Pope? Is there any significance to this? I mean, our reporting, Jeremy Diamond, our colleague who's uh, <clears throat> traveling, uh, you know, has a source saying that Sean Spicer was fuming about this. Uh, how big of a deal? It seems to be a big deal for Sean Spicer. I'm not sure that it's a much bigger deal beyond that, but uh, it is impossible not to assess with all that's swirling around this White House, and we talk about who's in, who's out, and who the president is listening to, to look at this and say, well, the White House press secretary seems to feel snubbed by it. So if the press secretary feels snubbed from the president, that seems to be a, a significant moment in the relationship. Let's talk about this Montana race, this open house seat, where the Republican candidate was caught on audio tape body slamming a reporter from The Guardian. We had that reporter on here on New Day who said that he did not do anything aggressive towards the candidate. The candidate then he just either has an anger management issue or had a hair trigger temper because of a question that was asked, and he body slammed the reporter. Do you expect any sort of national stage Republicans to speak out against this today? 
Uh, I don't. I think that you're going to uh, hear more silence than anything else. Uh, obviously, I don't think anyone's going to come out and condone the behavior. And now the big question that hangs out there is, can you be cited for assault on the eve of an election and still be elected uh, as a member of Congress? And we'll learn that uh, answer uh, tonight when the results come in after the polls close, uh, late tonight and into the wee hours of tomorrow morning. Uh, but clearly, uh, this does sort of speak to just a larger moment in our politics and, and uh, how tense things have become. Uh, there does seem to need to be some dialing down of this. Obviously, Gene Forti, uh, from all the witnesses, from Ben Jacobs' account, from the sheriff's citation, uh, putting out the facts of what happened, uh, clearly was in the wrong here. And uh, I would not imagine we're going to hear many Republicans come to his defense. So I, I, I don't think we'll hear from Paul Ryan. Not coming to defense is one thing, you know, but what you ignore, you empower. Not a time to be shy. The time to be standing up if you're a leader. David Chalian, thank you very much. Sure. I guess right. I said the name correctly. Anyway, I think it's safe to say that things are not proceeding as they have foreseen during the Trump entourage's little sojourn overseas. Well, what's this I'm hearing about Trump getting a bare butt spanking from the Prime Minister? The Prime Minister of Britain? That one? Yes, sir. Uh, I heard something about that, too. Reuters is reporting that British Prime Minister Theresa May said Thursday she'd tell U.S. President Donald Trump that intelligence shared between their two countries had to remain secure after leaks to U.S. media about the Manchester attack. British police stopped sharing information about the suicide bombing with the United States, a British counterterrorism source told Reuters, after police chiefs said the leaks to media risked hindering the investigation. Wouldn't you like to be a fly on the wall for that? Interesting you should say that, Lady Di. The Blood on the Microphone investigation team managed to implant a listening device in the room where the British Prime Minister dressed down the American president. Let's listen. Yeah. 
on the microphone. Stepped all over myself there. I guess uh, the Donald was a bit miffed uh, after the whole kerfuffle. He took to the microphones and gave NATO leaders a good chewing out, a scolding, if you will. As we hear from MSNBC's Andrea Mitchell. I'm Andrea Mitchell in New York. President Trump in Brussels delivering a public shaming to the veteran leaders there about NATO funding. But 23 of the 28 member nations are still not paying what they should be paying and what they are supposed to be paying for their defense. This is not fair to the people and taxpayers of the United States. And many of these nations owe massive amounts of money from past years and not paying in those past years. We should recognize that with these chronic underpayments and growing threats, even 2% of GDP is insufficient to close the gaps in modernizing readiness and the size of forces. NBC's Kelly O'Donnell is covering the president in Brussels and joins us now. Kelly, this was, uh, by all accounts, just watching it. It was painful to watch. This was his debut at NATO, and they were really angry. Yes, and Secretary of State Tillerson had previewed this on Air Force One to reporters, saying the president would be tough. But many had expected he would come here and embrace NATO and acknowledge uh, the, the decades-long bonds between countries, especially after the ceremony that honored 9-11 uh, and the Berlin Wall as parts of what bonds these countries together, that an attack on one is an attack on all. So this was striking that the president did not explicitly and overtly embrace that Article 5. Advisors tell us that his mere presence here says that he supports NATO and implicitly would support Article 5. But people were expecting something much more. Also notable is when we were in Saudi Arabia, Andrea, the president was very clear to say America's job is not to lecture the world. And yet here in this setting, President Trump uh, really uh, scolded the member nations who have not paid uh, the proportion that they have agreed to. And in part, uh, he is doing that to continue to try to leverage change in this organization. Yes, he wants more focus on affecting uh, the mission of ISIS and going after terrorists, which NATO has already done. But he wants more of that, but also just a frustrated president saying the U.S. should not shoulder as much as it does. Uh, even a little bit of a slam on the brand new building here saying, you know, it's a beautiful building, but I won't ask how much it costs. Again, implicit in that is that the United States makes such a significant contribution uh, to NATO's bottom line. So uh, this was Donald Trump, who was much more candidate Trump than uh, the president we have seen in some of the other stops along this first foreign trip, uh, bringing his uh, kind of get tough style to NATO. And as we saw in some of the cutaway images, uh, side shots of other leaders, hard to know what was in their minds, but there seemed to be a lot of wrestling and facial expressions from other leaders as the president was talking. Uh, curious to know what they were thinking or saying to each other. Andrea? Well, Kelly, Kelly, first of all, when Angela Merkel came to Washington, he also elected her, and that did not go over well, and she made it very clear that as far as she's concerned, Ger Germany does a whole lot that has not been counted by the U.S. Uh, in terms of NATO commitments and the, uh, the troops in Afghanistan. Also, what was so off-putting here was that he was standing in front of a sculpture presented to NATO, to this new building, uh, in recognition it was part of the twisted steel from the World Trade Center. 
recognition that the one, the only time that NATO has invoked this Article 5 for collective defense was after 9-11, coming to the defense of the United States. So that made it even more awkward. Uh, I wanted to also talk about a, one aspect of the stop in Rome. It's very notable to people in the traveling press corps. You're there, uh, we're not, but certainly from afar it seemed that a, a very religious, a devout Catholic in the presidential staff was one of the only high-ranking people excluded from meeting the Pope, and that's Sean Spicer. It seems like a, a bit of pettiness on the part of the White House planners. Well, from what we understand from Sean Spicer, that it uh, was the president's vision that he wanted to focus on. He would not publicly say that he was disappointed to not be included in that. Uh, certainly, it was observed that after being someone who was so uh, much a face of the administration to not be at uh, an event that would have both uh, political in terms of the U.S. presence at the Vatican, but also personal meaning for Sean Spicer, uh, that was certainly noted. And Andrea, the president also offered a moment of silence for the Manchester victims here. And when you talk about that sort of political scolding at an event that was both a commemoration of the new building, but this new memorial, also acknowledging Manchester. There were so many different tones that played out here uh, that some of it was a bit uncomfortable uh, in this sort of a setting. Andrea? You're absolutely right about him playing to the home crowd. Uh, it was a campaign speech. Yeah, yeah. Are you here on Blog Talk? Blood on the microphone. And uh, again, if you call the show today, our phone number, uh, you can Skype in if you want, if you're uh blog talk radio page has that blue skype button on it you can just hit that and that'll get you into the show so you can call us at 917-889-3806 well we just uh heard donald trump scolding nato it really has not been a good week for right-wing poop heads uh, Sean Hannity comes to mind. I'm Sean Hannity, and yes, it is true, I'm a poncy little pussy who one time offered to be waterboarded if enough money was raised to give to veterans and wounded warriors, and when the money was raised, I said no. I decided I didn't want to be waterboarded, and then I never mentioned it again until now, in which case I have mentioned it again proving that I am indeed a brave, brave man. There's much being said about my losing advertisers on my Fox News Channel show because I refuse to talk about the controversy swirling around the Trump administration and prefer instead to use made-up stories about uh, conspiracy theories about a young man, a Democratic National Committee staffer, who I believe was personally murdered by Hillary Clinton in 2016. Well, now several um, advertisers have decided that they don't have the stomach for the truth. In a statement to BuzzFeed, the company Cars.com said, Cars.com media buy strategies are designed to reach as many consumers as possible, across a wide spectrum of media channels. The fact that we advertise on a particular program doesn't mean we agree or disagree or support or oppose the content. We well, see, that means they support what I'm saying. Oh, wait. We don't have the ability to influence content at the time we make our advertising purchase. 
In this case, we've been watching closely. Oh, this is where they're going to say they, they support. No. And I recently made the decision to pull our advertising from Hannity. Why those cowardly... Anyway, the United Services Automobile Association, USAA, is a financial service company. And I know I can count on them to stick with me. I just received this email from their advertising company, and they say advertising on opinion shows is not in accordance with our policy, and we have since corrected it. Okay, so that's another one gone. Ah, here we go. Ring, that outdoor home security company that has run ads on our show, they have also cut ties saying they've asked their media buying partners not to place ads on my show. Well, I know I can count on the mattress startup company, Casper. They say that uh, we have reviewed our programmatic television media strategy with our agency partners and reassigned this allocation, which means... I don't get their money. Well, Crown Plaza Hotels said that they're... Well, no, they say that we do not advertise on Fox News, Hannity, or any political commentary show. We have also no plans to advertise on Fox News for the foreseeable future. If you hear that in the background, yes, I, I am waterboarding a cat trying to see whether or not it's torture. Uh, and also the mattress maker, uh, uh, Lisa, uh, has pulled its advertising from my show. Well, be that as it may, Hillary's emails, Hillary's emails, Hillary's emails, Hillary murdered, 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 murdered the guy who I'm not supposed to mention anymore because his family asked me to stop mentioning his name. I'm Sean Hannity, and I will be a boil on the backside of humanity for years to come. You can count on that. And I would say a particularly inflamed one. Hi, guys. Hello. How you doing over there? Uh, I'm fine. Isn't, isn't doing, isn't doing uh, podcasts fun? Oh, yes, it's it is. It's a fun hobby. And uh, we're going to have our own website set up for this, probably right after the first of the month, and uh, we'll place on there a donate button so people can help us spread the word about the, the liberal side of things. Right now, talk radio is pretty well clogged up with conservative poo heads like uh, the aforementioned John Hannity, but uh, he'll probably be gone soon. Have you ever heard my uh, Joe Lieberman impression? Nope. You're about to hear it. <laughs> Former Senator Joe Lieberman today withdrew his name from consideration to replace James Comey as director of the FBI. Yeah, well, in a letter to uh, President Donald Trump, Lieberman said it was a great honor to be considered. To be considered? Considered. Doesn't Sorry. solder involve like hot lead or something? <laughs> I can't consider that an honor. <laughs> but he cited uh, Trump's reported retention of Mark Kasowitz's outside 
legal counsel to help the president navigate the federal investigation into potential collision between his campaign officials and Russia. So, Lieber would say it would be best to avoid any appearance of a conflict of interest, given that he is a partner of the same firm. As Kazowitz? As Kazowitz, yeah, yeah, okay. I have decided to withdraw my name from consideration for this nomination. I wish you the very best in identifying the right person to lead this most important law enforcement agency in the future. And then he continued. Because of the current state of affairs in the White House, I have compiled a list of other things I would rather do than be director of the FBI at this point in time. Uh, Dog pooper at a dog kennel. I should say dog pooper. Dog pooper. Uh, (laughs) Can we just back up and start again? No, wait, this is live. All right. The things Lieberman would rather be. Here's the conception of the joke, okay? is a list of things that Joe Lieberman would rather do than be director of the FBI. Now, pretend that none of that just happened and we'll just continue. <laughs> Poop scooper at a dog kennel. Armpit sniffer at a deodorant factory. Display corpse in a casket wholesale warehouse. Person responsible for expressing a dog's infected anal glands. And the list kind of goes on from there. This is Blood on the Microphone. I'm Bill Preston Smallfelt. And I am Diane Preston Smallfelt. You know I think the problem is? I think the problem is you're hearing me on delay. Yes, I think I am. And we're like 10 feet from each other. (laughs) Satellite delay here. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, the appeals court upholding the ban. uh, Let me put it this way. They will not reinstate Donald Trump's travel ban. And we'll talk more about that coming up right here on Love the Microphone. As soon as I press this button, and something happens. <laughs> if it ever does happen. There we go. Yeah, that's what it is. I'm going... I'm going off the delay. Okay. I'll tell you what, Mr. Timberland. It sure is a beautiful day to be walking around here in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Yeah, Pavo Campus. And now that we got these cushy jobs with the Department of Homeland Security, you and me is set for life. Uh, oh, yeah. I like working for the government. Boy, I tell you what, that Donald Trump is a genius. Yeah. Uh, even better than that, he's smart. It's a good thing they abandoned that idea of attaching a 20% tariff on products moving across the border from Mexico to the United States. Uh, uh, I'm not good with numbers, Mr. Timberland, 
Could you explain that to me one more time? Sure, Pago Campus. If we attach 20% tariffs to everything that comes across the border from Mexico to the United States, that means Americans like you and like me are going to have to pay that tariff because American industries that use the Mexican products they're not going to absorb the cost. They're going to pass it along to the American consumer. Uh, yeah, 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 that, that makes sense. That makes sense. So the genius President Trump decided we needed to come up with a better way to show the American people the harm being done by Mexico refusing to pay for the border wall. Uh. And that's what we're doing here in Fort Lauderdale today, right, Mr. Timberland? You got it, Pavo Campus. Here, knock on that door there. Hello? Mexico says hello. Ha, 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 ha. Boy, she dropped like a rock. Yeah. Now, take this Taco Bell wrapper that I wrote a note on and take this thumbtack and pin it to her forehead. Well, what does the note say, Mr. Timberland? It says, Mexico says hello. I don't understand. When people see that average normal citizens are being murdered because Mexico won't pay for the wall, they're going to insist that Mexico pay for the wall. Oh, yeah. Okay, I understand now. Here, give me the give me the note. All right. Let's cross the street. Knock on that door there. Hello? Mexico sends their love. Good shooting there, Pavo Campus. But try not to hit him in the nose like that. It makes the whole head explode, and we want people to be able to see them and recognize them. Yeah, and with no forehead left, there's no place to pin the note. That's all right, Pavel Campus. We'll just tack it to his, uh, his, uh, bathrobe lapel there. What does this note say, Mr. Timberland? It says, Mexico better wise up, or there's gonna be a lot more of this. Ah. <laughs> well, let's get going, Pavo Campus. We got a lot more anti-Mexico propaganda to spread before the sun sets. Yeah, and isn't it a beautiful day to be out doing outdoor work for the federal government? I'll say. But then, isn't every day a good day when you're doing a job you love? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the Who's Stylings of Mr. Stephen K. I just can't have them running round. 
Yes, the blue stylings of Stephen K. Bannon and uh, his hatred for Muslims. He looks like a blues man, don't you think? Yeah, I haven't actually seen him, but yeah. I mean, you've seen pictures of him, right? Uh, nope, I haven't. <laughs> you've never seen a picture of Stephen Bannon? Oh, Stephen Bannon. The, Who sorry. do you think I was talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a dirt moment. It happens. I'm the one that's supposed to have the senior moments. <laughs> that's not a senior moment. That's a distracted moment. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, she was um, uh, doing uh, what? Uh, what distracted you? I've been trying to get our podcast out in multiple places. Oh, okay. You're you're promoting the podcast during the show, which is a good thing. Yes. That is a wonderful thing that you are doing. And uh, we have a special treat for folks coming up a little bit later on in the show. Yesterday, they heard us butcher a song from Fan of the Opera. Uh, One of our biggest fans, I think his name was MJ said that his wife said it sounded like junkies having a bad bump. And I said to him, uh, if you know, if your wife knows what junkies having a bad bump sounds like, the problem is not the podcast. The problem is your junkie wife. Yeah. I didn't get a response to that. But, uh, hey, did you hear that the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals refused to reinstate Trump's travel ban? I think I heard something about that. Well, let's see if I can't get the blood on the microphone singers to break it all down for us. Appeals Court will approve the travel ban, travel ban, travel ban. Appeals Court won't approve the travel ban, and Trump came crumbling down. Appeals Court won't approve the travel ban, travel ban, travel ban. Appeals Court won't approve the travel ban, and Trump came crumbling down. You can talk about Manchester Court of Appeals, they're a largely liberal sort. But this comes from the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals, and they shut Trump down in court. Appeals Court won't approve the travel ban, travel ban, travel ban. Appeals Court won't approve the travel ban, and old Trump came crumbling down. Appeals Court won't approve the travel ban, travel ban, travel ban. Appeals Court won't approve the travel ban, and old Trump came crumbling down. Trump would have kept the Muslims out, that was his master plan. The court called out a religious cast who'll never be the law of the land. Appeals Court won't approve the travel ban, travel ban, travel ban. Appeals Court won't approve the travel ban, and old Trump came crumbling down. Appeals Court won't approve the travel ban, travel ban, travel ban. Appeals Court won't approve the travel ban, and old Trump came crumbling down. It's a victory for freedom-loving people everywhere. A defeat for Trump. You can talk about the Mass Court of Appeals. They're a largely liberal sort. You can talk about that Fourth Circuit Court that shut Trump down in court. 
Peter's Court won a group of traveling bands from saying, Hallelujah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hallelujah. That morning I'm saying. I feel the sort of on the truth of travel bands, travel bands, travel bands. I feel the sort of on the truth of travel bands, and old drunk came grumbling down. I feel the sort of on the truth of travel bands, travel bands, travel bands. I feel the sort of on the truth of travel bands, and old drunk came grumbling down. It's over. I feel the sort of on the truth of travel bands, travel bands, travel bands. Feel the sort of woman from the travel band and a rope came rumbling down. Probably go to the Supreme Court, though. They'll cut it down, too. Oh, yeah. Down. Here's the key passage that the Fourth Circuit has issued. Again, a very lengthy opinion, about 200 pages. But here's what you need to know. The Fourth Circuit writes, Congress granted the president broad power to deny entry to aliens, but that power is not absolute. It cannot go unchecked when, as here, the president wields it through an executive edict that stands to cause irreparable harm to individuals across the nation. Therefore, they say that they uphold the district court's issuance of that nationwide preliminary injunction against that travel ban. As we've talked about, Brooke, you know, the district court in this case really focused on President Trump's campaign statements, his campaign statements on his website, as well as the statements of the people who worked for him, whether it was Attorney General Jeff Sessions or some of his campaign aides. That was really the crux of this. We're still going through the opinion to see how much the Fourth Circuit relied on those campaign statements. But the important thing to note here is that this, the halting of this travel ban, it is still upheld. That means it will not go into effect. Of course, it's also important to note the Ninth Circuit is also considering this. We haven't seen the opinion from them yet. It's possible that if they rule differently, it will make it all the more likely that this case would go to the Supreme Court. It's sort of headed in that direction anyway. But yes, the travel ban, it is still not in effect. Things remain essentially, Brooke, status quo. You know, this whole thing with Trump and uh, courts, it reminds me of a Beatles song. And you might not be old enough to remember this, Lady Di. Uh, I know a lot of Beatles songs. He's a loser. And he's lost something that's dear to he. He's a loser. And he's not what he appears to be. (laughs) Yeah, I would think the thing he's lost is his mind. Uh, Yeah, that goes without saying. Do a show someday of songs of, that could be applied to Donald Trump. I think that'd be a fun thing to do. Yeah. Speaking of songs applied to Donald Trump, there hasn't really been any new information today showing how much uh, Melania hates Donald. Uh, we'll talk more about that coming up as we butcher another song from Phantom of the Opera. That's coming up next, right here on Blood on the Microphone. Blood on the Microphone. Honey, I have to go down to the video store and rent some new video games. 
Would you check the car for bombs, please? I'm tired of having to go under the car and check it for bombs. My knees are all scuffed up, my fingernails are broken, my knuckles are scuffed and scratched, and I just don't feel attractive anymore. Well, somebody has to do it, and I'm sure not gonna. Why not Rent-A-Wave? Rent-A-Wave? That's right, Rent-A-Wave. When the Christian World Adoption Agency went bankrupt earlier this year, there were still a few stockholders with a few bucks to spend, so they incorporated and formed Rent-A-Wave. Now, if you have a minefield that needs clearing, or a car that needs to be checked for bombs, or anything dangerous like that, Rent-A-Wave... will deliver to you an Ethiopian toddler. Not quite able to walk yet, but he can crawl real good. Rent-A-Wave, eh? How does it work? Well, here's what we do. In your situation, we put a diaper on the waist made of material known to automatically set off hidden bombs. Take the little critter out to the garage and set him on the ground and he starts crawling around and if there's a bomb in your car... Well, it sounds pretty good, but I'm I'm still not convinced. That's a lot of money. <laughs> You'd be surprised how many times I ran into that line of resistance. Here, look at this video. <laughs> See how the little critters just crawling right through that minefield. Yep, the mercenary soldiers just stand there and watch as the sweet little darling just makes his way casually through the minefield until suddenly, <laughs> there's one. But the minefield's not clear yet, so they set down another baby. And the same thing, of course, happens. Now, once the soldiers have a clear path through the minefield, they're able to proceed, and all that's been lost is a few Ethiopian babies. Gosh, that sounds like it would work great. Oh, it's guaranteed. Not an but what if there's not a bomb in the car? I don't want to have to take care of a baby every day. Simple. If you check the car and it turns out that there are no bombs, you call us and we come and pick up the baby. And deliver the baby back to your house the next time you need to take the car out. Wow, honey, that sounds like the answer to our prayers. Yeah, rent-away sounds great. Who do I call? One five 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 rent That's one five 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 rent That's one five five rent Probably is not legal in your community. Three weeks later. Honey, I need to take the car to the video store again and get some new games. Would you go check for bombs? We don't have to check for bombs anymore, Aaron. Now that we've got rent All right, you little crumb snatcher, get under the car and see what you can find. <laughs> <laughs> Another couple saved by Rent-A-Way. I can't seem to face up to the facts. I cannot tolerate the gaze of blacks. I can't sleep because my head is on fire. I'm dressed up in my combat attire. Right wing killer, what's to say? better. Run, 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 run away. 
Michael Gay. So fa 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 better. Run 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 away. Don't you understand that yet? They rape our wives and daughters. We just want our country back. You're talking a lot, but you're not doing anything. They're turning our children gay, and that means war. You'll know my name. I'll be on the news. Right-wing killer, and I don't play. Better. Run, 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 run. Run, run away Oh, right wing killer There's hell to pay Better Run, 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 run Run, run away confident, though, that by acknowledging it, that by staring into that, seeing it for what it is, we still won't do jack shit. Yeah? That's us. Blood on the microphone. I am Bill Preston Schmalfeld. And I am Diane Preston Schmalfeld. And this is our second episode of Blood on the Microphone. And uh, I believe, if uh, my experience tells me anything, a far more successful presentation than yesterday's. Uh, everything uh, seemed to go a little smoother today, don't you think? Uh, yes, I do believe it has. Sort of like uh, the day after taking a Dulcolax, for instance. <laughs> All the shit just flows smoothly right into the toilet. <laughs> now, yesterday, 
folks heard us butcher a song uh, from the Phantom of the Opera, which was uh, All I Asked of You. And we received some, I guess we'll say criticism from people who hate me anyway. And by extension, they hate you because you love me. That means they have to hate you. They don't seem to understand the concept of musical comedy. Musical comedy involves acting, and sometimes it involves purposeful bad singing. (laughs) Even though I try not to sing too badly. Except when I tell you to screech. (laughs) Oh, I'm a pain in the ass when it comes to directing. Ask die. I am more like aggravated with myself than you, but... Oh, but you are aggravated with me. We'll admit that much, right? <laughs> Feel free. You're going to be on the show regardless. We're going to be getting married. It's not like I can say, you're not on the show anymore. Now, go cook a meatloaf. Well, it's more <laughs> along the lines that about the time I get to the 10th take, I would like to give you a little bit of colon blow. <laughs> Colon blow. I'll have to load that one up for tomorrow. Um, all right, but anyway, let's listen to this song and listen to my folks. We're here every weekday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Blog Talk Radio. And we're on demand 24 hours a day, seven days a week on uh, Blog Talk Radio slash BOTM. And you can find us on BreitbartUnmasked.com. And you can also send me a tweet at uh, Truthatory. That's at Truthatory. And uh, which Twitter would you prefer folks to contact you by? Uh, I would prefer Truth underscore Partner. You realize... I have been charging up this vape cigarette all night, and it has already run out of battery. Look at this. Anyway, yeah, the battery's dead. Payday's coming. Mama's yeah. going to buy Daddy a new one. <laughs> yeah, Mama's going to buy Daddy a better one and give her give you her old tank. Uh-huh. What's in the old tank? It's blueberry. Oh, boy! I like blueberry. I like it a lot. Well, anyway, uh, we'll say goodnight, and we'll go out on this uh, this concept that Bill O'Reilly didn't get. To sing about, here's Bill and I and the Phantom of the Oval Office. <laughs> or something like that. I pressed the wrong button. Let's press this button instead. <laughs> See you tomorrow, guys.
full of what? Are you? And there you go again, you Slavic witch. I give you everything, and still you bitch. And though you seem to hate the sight of me, Set you free. on the microphone is a presentation of Deep Brain Media. Until next time, this is Cedric the Announcer. Stay safe. And wing nuts. Are you ready?